Hello everyone, John Adolfi here. Welcome to another episode podcast of the Lost World Museum. I'm holding something in my thumb and forefinger right now. It's about a half an inch across. It's got a figure of a profile of a man's head and it's made out of silver and it's a denarius. I'm going to have that as the cover for this podcast episode so you'll be able to see what it looks like since you can't really see pictures with a podcast. Uh, this has nothing to do with the museum. I purchased this because we're going to be doing um, some kids programs and um, the centurion uh, in the New Testament uh, who spoke to Jesus. Uh, this is just one little item that the kids are going to be able to see on Zoom. It's vacation Bible school time this year and everyone's doing, I guess, who are doing them through Zoom. So I bought this coin just as a way of, of uh, you know, talking about the times uh, that the centurion uh, lived in. And I, ironically enough, I guess that's one way of putting it, I have a 2,000-year-old coin in my hand. How crazy is that? All right, let's dig in. What I want to do is I want to talk about uh, what's happened in the last couple of weeks, what's happening now, and what's going to happen in the future, uh, some of which are going to be artifacts that we have acquired um, one of the things that seems to be really attracting people is uh, some of these artifacts that we're, cre that we're not creating, we're not even producing, we're, we're getting from uh, various parts of the world are um, indicators of how fast rock forms. And there's a lot of controversy when I'm putting this stuff out there because of how deeply people feel and how mistaken some feel that I am about my uh, claims and also on my science. And I'll tell you something, I am an amateur, absolutely, and I am learning as I'm going. But I'll tell you something, when you have a 40-year-old champion spark plug embedded in what looks like stone, when you have a uh, six-inch, a cross-section of a six-inch uh, sewer pipe or water pipe that has a, almost an inch of sediment that built up, and I'm talking argonite, we're not talking about just you know, some just uh, some kind of crystalline mineralization. It probably is, but argonite, it's stone. And, uh, you know, an entire inch of it with water flowing, not necessarily just sitting there, water flowing over 70 to 80 years, an entire three quarters or more of an inch formed in this pipe. Stone. And uh, does it prove evolution? Does it prove creationism? Absolutely not. But, you know, these and more that we have, we don't have just those two, we have more, uh, are begging the question, how long does rock take to form? Now, understand that there's a difference between how long does it take to form and then how old it is. From a creationist standpoint, where they have a model of 6,000 years with a worldwide flood 4,500 years ago, claiming that all, for the most part, all fossils were created as a result of the conditions of the earth during that year time that the flood took place. And it's funny because a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, some people look at, look at you strange and, and the comments that we've been getting on some of our platforms and videos is, what flood, you know? Or ha ha ha, that's funny. Or, you know, that's a fairy tale in a fairy tale book uh, that Noah didn't exist. And what's interesting, and I'm kind of going a little bit meandering here, so just bear with me. Um, what's interesting is, is that if you take that approach that um, the story of Noah is, is fake, 
Uh, it's a legend. It's, it's nothing more than a fairy tale. Um, it's either a legend or a fairy tale. I mean, if you're going to attack it because many say it's real, then I guess calling it a fairy tale is demeaning uh, and trying to, you know, to just demean it so that you can then, uh, you know, already argue it away as, as, as nothing more than that. But even if it is a legend, um, people typically don't call legends fairy tales when they're being critical or and they're a analyzing it and they're having a discussion back and forth. But people have chosen that route when criticizing the book of Genesis, interestingly enough. So therefore, Moses, excuse me, Noah is, is fictitious. Well, here's the thing. A little over 2,000 years ago, um, Jesus comes on the scene. And so what we're then led to believe is that the chroniclers of, the main chroniclers of, um, of Jesus's life, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different men, four different vocations, record Jesus's referring to Noah as real is then either all four of those men never existed, all four of those men never wrote those books and they were written afterwards and they're apocryphal, meaning that they're fake. Jesus never existed. If he did exist, he was either a good man or a charlatan. I mean, there is an not an infinite amount of possibilities here to dismiss all this. But you have four credible sources of one credible man uh, who claims that Noah was real. So forget about Genesis for a second. What about 2,000 years ago, those four men recording someone who claims to be, you know, from heaven who actually uh, did the creation, um, saying that Noah was real? What do you do with that? What do you do with the fact that 70% of all of the rock on earth is sedimentary? I mean, the cases they make, they being evolutionists. And if you're an evolutionist, please understand that this is a civil conversation, even though it's one-sided. And um, I appreciate anybody who's an evolutionist that come together and reason. I know that creationism is beneath you. You, the collective you, have already expressed that over and over and over again. Um, and if you are a creationist and you have yet to venture out to have a discussion with an evolutionist, understand that that is typically the attitude. I mean, a client of mine, apart from what I do here with the Lost World Museum, uh, is a chemist. And he made it very clear right outside the museum, which is right next to my office, uh, that he uh, didn't want to engage in this kind of conversation. Not that he didn't want to talk about the item itself, the fossil, the megalodon tooth, which he finds fascinating, but the timelines and what they mean, religion versus science, that's what it seems to come down to. As they're characterized, but it's not true entirely. No, it's not. But even he who likes me very much as a, as a, as a professional and we have respect for one another, he's a very intelligent fella, you know, has made a good living coming up with formulations, chemical formulations. Um, there was a line there that I was not expecting with him. I didn't know he felt that strongly. And he, uh, he surprised me a little bit only because, you know, I know him on a different level. But when we were standing outside the museum talking about uh, the timeline that we're talking about here, how things can form quickly, he says, I'll have none of it, basically. And then I asked him, I said, why? Why is that? And 
he, in a nice as possible way, explained how the conversation isn't even worth having because it's already been decided. This is all science. This is all truth, basically. And that, that rock is millions of years old, that fossils are, are, are at least 10,000 years old, if not, but more so millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions years, years old, period. So you come along and you show a stalactite or a stalagmite that is formed around an object that clearly is only 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 years old, and you've got quarter inch, half an inch, two inches of stalagmite, stalactite material. And you've got a problem. Um, I have not seen the picture of it, but down in Alabama, there was a 1989, not 1889, 1989 gun that was in a cave that got left there. And it had accumulated two, two and a half inches of this mineralized material, which we would call a stalactite or a stalagmite, depending on which way it, it's going, up or down, from the ceiling or from the floor. Two and a half inches. That is 1,000 years at the fastest accumulation that they give on the internet. They give a spread. The fastest accumulation that they give as a spread, that's a 1,000 years. And the gun is no more than 30 years old, or just about. Is science's timelines off? And with the artifacts that we've been collecting, these offbeat artifacts, it gives at least enough evidence to pause for a second and ask the question, how long does rock take to form? And then how old are the rocks? It's two different things. Uh, getting back to the creationist, they will tell you that it takes a year or more to form a rock under extraordinary, I'm talking sedimentary rock under extraordinary circumstances. There has been volcanic rock, mistakenly, you know, millions of years old that was created 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And they've done, you know, rock studies and coming up with dates that would give you the impression that it's millions of years old. And eyewitnesses saw that the lava flow was like 1870, you know. Um, this show is not about aging of rock. It's basically just to, to explain a little bit of what's going on out there on some of the platforms and some of the comments and discussions that are going on. Um, what's interesting is, is that the creationists that I deal with and talk with out there are pretty level-headed people. They may not be as well-schooled. Some are. Some, most aren't. As far as formally schooled or, or very, very, very well-read, as much as the evolutionists are in the last 20 years of having discussions with evolutionists. Um, but they're the nicer of the group. And it's really sad because um, I've only had three conversations in 20 years where um, the evolutionist was uh, civil. Um, so even though we ask the question, apes, aliens, or Adam, and we are open, we do enjoy people who do believe that aliens had some kind of involvement in uh, the uh, evolution of mankind. We enjoy uh, their, their, um, their comments. Um, evolutionists that uh, would like to contribute uh, in a positive way are welcome, of course. Uh, 
Um, but the problem what we're receiving is that there is a tremendous amount of antagonism, rudeness, uh, crudeness, um, condescension, uh, and it's, uh, it's too bad. Because really what we're going to do is we're going to contrast and compare so that people have a very clear idea, A, what evolutionists believe, not from a stilted creationist standpoint, but from their own mouths. And sometimes we may dumb it down in the sense that, not dumb it down, but what I mean is, is simplify it so that you don't need a degree to really grasp a hold of certain things. And I love doing that because I love things that are simple so that you understand the concept, or basically what is being said. And then what we're going to do is we're going to contrast it with creationism because I'll tell you something. As much as people may believe in Adam and Eve and may believe in um, uh, 6,000 to 10,000 year old earth, some the believe that it, in Noah's Ark, um, you know, as many as do, still kind of buy into this thing of dinosaurs and millions of years ago. It's really strange. Uh, but what's even even more strange, not strange, strange, but what's funny is that when it comes down to the monkey or monkey-like creature, common ancestor, as they would like to, uh, to be clear about this, to develop into where we are today, people find that the most unattractive. So although somebody may buy the idea that a dinosaur is 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 million years old, they are more apt than not, or at least 50, 50, I don't know what the stat is, but there is an aversion to this idea that we came from a monkey-like creature. It, that just doesn't set well, yet they're willing to adapt the 70 million years uh, when the dinosaurs got wiped out. It's a very strange paradox or dichotomy there, but um, nevertheless, uh, I, find it, I find it very interesting. So, yeah, everybody's, in, in, everybody's in, um, invited to join in on the conversation. I believe that when you contrast and compare and educate, oh, this was my point, a lot of people don't know that when I hold a fossil in my hand, let's say a trilobite, I can say evolutionists believe, most evolutionists believe and say that this is approximately 300 million years old. And then I could take the same fossil and hold it in my other hand, so to speak, and say a creationist said, say that this trilobite was created through a fossilization process that happened as a result of the combined intense forces that took place 4,500 years ago in a worldwide flood and produced this fossil, and the fossil produced very quickly. And so you've got 300 million years versus 4,500 years ago. Now, most of the time when you finally do get read anything on the formation of fossils, it's usually a long period of time to even get the fossil to form, okay? I haven't done an, I haven't done an exhaustive study on that. I will be as time goes on as far as what they say, how long it takes. You know, the conditions of fossilization have to be very, very specific. They have to, you have to bury the thing quickly, mineralized water, and then cut it off from oxygen and from predators. Under pressure, under heat, give it a little bit of time, easy bake oven, pull it out, and now you got a fossil. But how long does that process take? Well, if there wasn't this catastrophism that the, uh, book of Genesis is suggesting on such an epic level, then perhaps, you know, it does take a longer time to bake and hatch uh, a fossil, you know. 
I'm going to leave it up to you to investigate this on your own or with me um, as we move forward here. So um, what do we got going for the future? Well, we have a very cool item that's now in Indiana, direct from Siberia. We've been waiting since June 10th. We purchased it from a Siberian company, and we have a woolly mammoth tooth that's coming that was frozen in the uh, Siberian uh, permafrost and woolly mammoth hair coming. Only a sample. I told him to send me a sample, then we'll see. We may buy a whole big bush of it or something if, if it's as cool as I think it is. Uh, I'll, I'll be showing it on YouTube, Instagram. Um, our website right now is going through an overhaul. So our website is cool, but it's not really being utilized, uh, updating, whatnot. Um, so if you want to join us over on Instagram, at Lost World Museum uh, is the handle. Cool. That's great. And uh, if you want to go to our, our YouTube channel, subscribe. That's cool, too. That's uh, the easiest way to get there is LostWorldYouTube.com. LostWorldYouTube.com. Our website is www.LostWorldMuseum.com. We do have a store. It's all getting revamped. I would say in the next 60 days, this thing is going to be rocking, and it's going to be pretty cool. It'll be a one-stop shop. You'll be able to see all our videos there. You'll be able to see hear all of our podcasts from there. You'll be able to find everything, all the resources that we provide in one place, okay? I'm going to sign off for now. I'm looking forward to uh, showing you the, the woolly mammoth tooth and the uh, woolly mammoth hair in an upcoming video. In the meantime, feel free to pass this podcast along to anybody you want. Go ahead and post it on any social media site or anything you want. It's all yours, okay? Um, to get a hold of us, uh, just contact us at lostworldmuseum at gmail.com if you have a question or if there's anything that we can do for you. All right, I'm John Adolfi. Thanks for, for listening to this uh, episode, and we'll be talking at you soon. Take care.